Wow. Bella landed in New York with very ambitious career goals. There were many options to get from the airport to the center of the city. But Bella decided to save money and go by bus. She had to purchase a ticket for $10. But a handsome guy popped out of nowhere and offered her a better deal. Hey, my plans have changed, and I don't need my bus ticket anymore. Want to buy it for $6? Bella agreed and gave him $6. It was a big mistake. Why? Take a look at the current date on the screen of the vending machine. And now, check the date on the ticket. It expired a decade ago. Finally, Bella arrived in Manhattan and found her hostel. She had booked a bed in a dormitory room. Bella had to share it with three other women. She left her backpack on her bed and went to take a shower. When Bella returned, she found out that someone had stolen her laptop. She questioned her roommates. Sarah said, I was drinking some coffee in the lobby. Ask the manager. Kelly said, I was sleeping with my earplugs in and my sleep mask on, so I didn't see or hear anything. And Chelsea said that she'd been taking pictures on the roof of the hostel. Who's lying? Chelsea. Do you see the sign? The hostel rules strictly prohibit guests from going up to the roof. In the evening, at around 8 p.m., Bella got very hungry. She went out to get some food. She found a cozy restaurant. As soon as Bella entered, she witnessed a heated argument between a waiter and a customer. The customer claimed to have ordered tomato soup, and the waiter claimed that he'd only ordered hot chocolate. Bella realized which of them was lying right away. What about you? The client is lying. This advertisement on the wall says the restaurant only serves soups from 1 to 4 p.m. This means that the waiter simply wouldn't have accepted such an order. Bella ordered dinner. While waiting, she looked around and noticed one weird detail. Can you spot it too? This guy is using tree leaves instead of money to pay for his meal. The waiter served Bella her meal. She was about to start eating when two ladies began arguing about their VIP reservation. Julia claimed that she had reserved the VIP room in advance to celebrate her wedding anniversary. And Letitia said, No way! It's my birthday party tonight! I called the manager yesterday, and he promised me the VIP room! The manager said, Ladies, I'm so sorry, but the booking system crashed and deleted both of your reservations. The VIP room is unavailable today. Can I do anything else for you? Who's lying here? The manager. Take a look at the screen. Julia's reservation is still there. He lied because Letitia had given him huge tips to get the VIP room without any reservation. See? 
Boy, this is a crazy restaurant. The food better be worth it. After dinner, Bella saw Letitia in the ladies' room. She was crying. Bella asked her, what happened? Letitia didn't say anything. She just gave Bella her phone and showed this chat with her boyfriend. Can you tell what made Letitia so upset? Her boyfriend didn't come to her birthday party. Even worse, he lied that his mom was ill to visit a pool party. Take a look at the reflection in his sunglasses. It seems that he's having fun. Letitia was so grateful for Bella's support that she gave up her VIP opera tickets. The performance was scheduled for the next day. Now, Bella needed to find an evening dress. She headed to a shopping mall with Kelly and Sarah. But as soon as they arrived, they noticed something very weird. Can you see it too? This mannequin has three arms. Can you spot what's wrong here? The outfit sizes don't match the sizes on the hangers. What about the dressing room? Any odd details? These hairy clawed paws can't belong to a human. Finally, Bella found a beautiful evening gown for the opera. But it cost $97. Bella couldn't afford it. So she borrowed $50 from Kelly and $50 from Sarah, which equaled $100. She bought the dress and got $3 of change. Bella gave $1 to Kelly and $1 to Sarah and kept the last dollar for herself. So now, Bella owes $49 to Kelly and $49 to Sarah, which equals $98. If we add the dollar that Bella took, we'll get $99. But then, $1 is missing. Where is it? First of all, we're led to believe that $1 is missing. According to the conditions of the riddle, Bella took $50 from Kelly and $50 from Sarah. So the sum of her debt was $100. After that, she bought a dress for $97 and got $3 of change. The total indeed equals $100. But the question itself offers us a mathematically impossible puzzle. In fact, there is no missing dollar. Bella's debt remains $98 because she had already given $2 to her friends. And it's incorrect to add Bella's $1 to this debt. Next, Bella decided to visit a hairdresser. The manager asked her to wait for 20 minutes. Bella took a seat in the lobby and accidentally fell asleep. When she woke up, she saw that someone had cut her long, beautiful hair. She got furious and questioned three suspects. Maya said that she'd been busy with another customer. She didn't see what was going on in the lobby. 
Rick said that he had been eating his lunch outdoors. And Sally said, Who do you think I am? I don't steal hair. That's ridiculous. Who is lying? Both Maya and Sally have some cut hair on their clothes, but that doesn't prove their guilt. But Rick's lunchbox is full of food, which means that he was busy with something else during his lunch break. Mmm, very suspicious. Bella's evening dress was too long and classic. She couldn't go to the concert hall by subway. So the hostel manager, Fred, offered Bella to give her a ride if she cracked his tricky riddle. I have no neck and no head. Two arms, but no hands. I'm with you at school. I'm with you at work. What am I? The correct answer is a shirt. During a break, Bella went outside to get some fresh air. She enjoyed the evening along with other guests. Suddenly, a street dealer offered Bella a diamond necklace for 20 bucks. She agreed right away and put the necklace on. Soon, three guests came over to Bella to claim the necklace. Pam said, How dare you! This necklace has been in my family for ages. I lost it in the ladies' room. Diana said, This piece looks very similar to my necklace. Someone stole it as I was moving through the crowd today. In any case, my jewelry collection is insured. And Sheila said, I noticed that the necklace was gone after visiting the buffet on the sixth floor. Can you help Bella return the necklace to its real owner? The necklace belongs to Diana. The concert hall doesn't have six floors. Pam and the street dealer have similar tattoos on their arms, so they must be scammers working together. After the performance, Letitia invited Bella to the after party, where Bella met Tyler. He claimed he was a famous violinist and showed Bella some pictures proving his luxurious lifestyle. But Bella realized that he was just a wannabe very soon. How did she understand it? Take a look at the trees in this picture. It's obvious that the wind is blowing to the right. Meanwhile, Tyler's hair seems to be swept to the left. The picture has been photoshopped. The next morning, Bella went to buy some groceries. She didn't have much cash, so she bought only two items, cheese and bread, and paid $1.10 in total. The cheese cost $1 more than the bread. So, how much did the bread cost? The most obvious answer would be that the bread cost 10 cents. But if the bread cost 10 cents, and the price of the cheese was $1 higher than that of the bread, the cheese would cost $1.10. And the total, in this case, would be $1.20. The correct answer is that the bread costs 5 cents, and the cheese costs $1.05. 
This indeed makes a total of $1.10. Does that make sense? I mean, sense? After breakfast, Bella went to a job interview. The HR manager asked her to solve this riddle. She wanted to see how quick-witted Bella was. I am the only place in the world where today comes before yesterday. What am I? Bella cracked this riddle easily. What about you? The correct answer is the dictionary. Bella got a job as a train conductor. On her first day at work, she entered a rail car to check the passengers' tickets. There were only three people inside, and only two of them were human. Can you tell who's not human? The first guy is dressed up too warmly for the summer, but he could be going to a place where it's very cold. That lady over there is drinking some green liquid. It's a bit strange, but there are plenty of colorful drinks in the world. As for this guy in the middle, he doesn't cast a shadow, so he's not human. It's a cold night. Dark city streets, lights of driving cars, sounds of sirens, loud voices, chilly air, wet asphalt. Are you ready to get rid of the crime in this city? Then remember to count your correct answers. November 4th, 2021. It's been raining for three days. But even this is not enough to wash away all the dirt of the city. For several hours, Detective Sadfist had been sitting in his car near the house of a Hollywood star. The detective is sure that someone is going to rob her house. The actress doesn't believe in this. In the distance, he sees a tall man in a hat. He approaches the door and knocks. The actress opens the door and greets the stranger. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought it was my house, he says. It has a very similar design. The actress closes the door and the stranger leaves. The detective gets out of the car and arrests him because the man is a thief. Why is the detective so sure about this? If the stranger had really thought it was his house, he wouldn't have knocked on the door. He'd have tried to open it with a key. The detective takes the thief to the station. The rain is finally over. It promises to be a long night, so the detective goes to buy a coffee. At this moment, the radio reports an arson to the south of the central square. No time for coffee. Sadfist hits the gas pedal and drives to the place. He notices the flames from afar. Two houses are burning. The detective notices several more police cars. A police officer tells him that one house belongs to a rich businessman. There's a lot of money inside. The owner of the second house is a poor artist. His paintings are burning now. Which house will the detective go to first to put out the fire? He's not a firefighter, so he won't approach either house. After watching the flames for a while, Detective Sadfist gets into his car and realizes he can't take it anymore. He needs some sleep. He doesn't want to go home because his house reminds him of her, and he doesn't need those memories at the moment. 
he decides to rent a hotel room. The detective asks the hotel administrator to wake him up at 7 a.m. Of course, the man says, but don't forget to call me first, then I'll come to wake you up. One call will be enough. What does the detective need to do to make the lazy guy wake him up? He can set an auto call for 6.50 a.m. The detective enters the room and falls on the bed. At this moment, the door starts opening slowly. The faces of people he has thrown into jail appear out of the darkness. The detective sits up on the bed and the door slams shut. At first, Sadfist doesn't understand what just happened. But then, he lets out a sigh of relief. It was just a nightmare. How has he figured it out? It's already light outside. It was dark when the detective checked into the hotel. That means he was asleep. A new day, a new case. The detective is going to the countryside. A girl has disappeared there. Sadfist intends to find her. He stops his car near three houses. They're located on the ocean beach. Three roads lead to the houses. Sharp rocks and shards of glass cover the first road. The second road is swarming with snakes. Lava is boiling on the third road. Which path should the detective choose? The ocean will soon cool the lava and turn it into stone. The detective follows the third path. He enters the house and finds the missing girl there. She confesses that she stayed late at a party, and her mother was so worried that she called the police. Detective Sadfist arrives at an office building in the center of the city. He goes up to the top floor. Here, a rich banker is lying unconscious. Someone hit him on the head and stole important documents from his safe. There's a tape recorder on the banker's desk. The detective turns it on. The banker's voice comes from the microphone. My nephew. He called me a few minutes ago and said he would break into my office and take my documents. I don't know what to do. If something happens to me, you should know. My nephew, Michael, is to blame. Oh no, I think I heard the elevator doors open. I think it's him. He's here. The recording ends. We must find his nephew, one of the police officers says. I don't think so. The nephew has done nothing wrong. The man just wanted to frame him. Sad fist answers. How did the detective figure that out? Someone rewound the tape in the recorder to the very beginning. It's unlikely that the nephew did it. He'd get rid of the recorder. The detective leaves the office, gets into the elevator, and meets an old concierge. They go down very slowly. The concierge looks attentively at the buttons. The detective asks him, what's the matter? The concierge answers that five people live on the 35th floor. Three live on the 20th floor. Four people live on the 7th floor. And seven people live on all other floors. The building has 40 floors in total. The concierge asks, which elevator button is pressed most often? What do you think? The answer is the first floor button. It's pressed by every resident. 
The detective gets into the car and drives to a cafe. He hasn't eaten anything since yesterday. He orders an omelet and opens a newspaper. There's a riddle on the front page. In the winter, a guy went to a nearby village to meet with his friends. He knew he needed to go through a forest, a small field, then a forest again, and only after that would he reach his goal. The guy started his journey. He went through the forest, the field, another forest. But then, he saw a big river. How can he cross it? The detective grins because he knows the answer. And what about you? It was winter. The river was frozen. A waiter approaches Sad Fist and puts his omelet with coffee on the table. The detective eats, then calmly gets up from the table and heads to the kitchen. There, he meets a masked robber. The detective arrests him. How did he know there was a criminal in the kitchen? Rob in Kitchen was written on the coffee mug. The robber is detained by other police officers and Sad Fist goes back to his car. He has a new case. He arrives at an antique store. Some swindler has deceived the store owner and sold him a fake coin. The coin has a date on it. 175 BCE. It looks old. The analysis has shown that the coin is ancient. The store owner says he thought it was really made before the current era. How did he eventually understand the coin was a fake? People who lived before our era couldn't write BCE on their coins. Sadfist leaves the store. Oh no, his shoes are torn. The detective gets into his car and goes to a shoe store. He parks, gets out of his car, and he sees three stores. The best shoes in the city, the sign on the first building claims. The best shoes in the world is written on the second building. But the inscription on the third store is the best. Detective Sadfist smiles and goes there. What's written on the third store? The best shoes on the street. After doing some shopping, Sadfist drives down the street and sees a group of suspicious people standing next to a building under construction. The detective stops the car. People notice him and run away in the other direction. The detective runs after them. It seems they've managed to escape, but Sadfist doesn't think so. He calls for backup and tells the police he's caught a gang of hooligans. They're all hiding in a transformer box. How did the detective know that? After all, he lost sight of the hooligans at some point. The hooligans ran on uncured concrete and left footprints leading to the transformer box. Oh no! Now, Sadfist's new shoes are stained with wet concrete. The detective gets into the car and goes to the laundry. There, he meets the owner who finds out about another crime. The owner claims that someone has taken a huge amount of money from his safe. But the detective realizes that there was no thief. The owner stole the money himself to get compensation from the insurance company. Sadfist has noticed this laundry gets robbed too often, but the owner hasn't changed the locks or strengthened security yet. But how can the detective prove the money hasn't been stolen? 
There are banknotes in that washing machine over there. That's where the owner hid the money. Tired, the detective returns home. His apartment is a mess. Since she left him, the house has turned into a dump. A mouse squeaks somewhere in the room. Inspect the apartment and help Sadfist catch the rodent. See that box with a hole? It looks like the mouse has chewed through it. Sadfist catches the tiny animal, but does nothing to it. He decides it will be his pet. The detective's mood is as bad as it always is. But maybe checking your score will cheer him up. Zero to three points. Detective Sadfist has only gotten sadder because you haven't helped him much in his investigation. Four to seven points. Not bad for an ordinary private detective, but it's unsatisfactory for Sadfist, the best detective in the city. Next time, try to be more attentive. 8 to 10 points. Well, it's better, but still not good enough. It's like having eaten a burger and still feeling a little hungry. 11 to 14 points. Today, the city can sleep peacefully. You've helped the detective in almost all cases. He deserves his long-awaited rest. And you do too.